0: In terms of expenses for investors who maybe have kids or even have parents or other family members that they have enlisted to help out in their real estate, you know, year end is a really great time to look at income shifting. And by that, I just mean, you know, paying them, paying family members or friends or families who've helped out in your real estate business and then taking a tax deduction for that write-up.
1: What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. Today our guest is Amanda Hahn from Keystone CPAs. Today we're talking about year end tax to do items that you need to get taken care of before the end of the year. So you're not running to your CPA and saying hey what can you do about my taxes from last year well it's too late you missed it you had to do it last year so that's why you got to take care of these items before the end of the year and you've got so you still have time but you got to get on it and that's what we're talking about today things to get done for your taxes before the end of the year if you're an Apple Podcast user and you haven't done so yet and you do enjoy the show, I would appreciate it so much. If you took a moment, leave us a rating interview. Five stars, if you don't mind, would be much appreciated. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys, that gives me the warm and fuzzies because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. No matter what podcast app you use, if you do enjoy the show, do take a quick second, look up the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, hit the subscribe button. That way you'll get every new episode straight to your mobile device every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Once again, our guest is Amanda Hahn, and I am your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. Taxes are a huge part of real estate investing. And there are many tax advantages to uh, investing in real estate, but you have to actually implement this strategy and you have to make th- things happen before the end of the tax year. And that's what we're talking about today. So without any further ado, here we go with Amanda Hahn. Amanda, thank you for joining us today. Yeah,
0: thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
1: Always happy to talk taxes, never happy to pay taxes, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. For our listeners out there who don't know about you and your business, can you tell us about yourself and what you do? And then we'll dive into it.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, uh, my name is Amanda Hahn and uh, my husband and I own an accounting firm uh, called Keystone CPA. And we specialize in working with real estate investors and helping them on uh, proactive ways to save on taxes using Uh, real estate investment. So our clients uh, do a whole gamut of real estate from full-time real estate investors to syndicators to someone who might have a full-time job, but is simply investing passively uh, in real estate or in syndications. And uh, so that's sort of our passion uh, is in helping investors to uh, achieve tax savings through real estate investments. And uh, personally, uh, my husband, Matt, and I are, are real estate investors ourselves as well. Uh, Nothing super exciting in terms of, you know, flipping or any of that stuff. Uh, We're generally uh, involved in long-term hold, uh, cash flow, appreciation, real estate strategies. Um, But I also invest uh, passively as well. And, you know, in the past, I've invested in other people's deals. So um, definitely really excited to be here and talk about taxes and investing
1: great and it's good that you're involved in the space i mean it, it would be troubling to have a cpa handling your taxes that didn't actively invest in real estate because they might not know what you really want out of out of your uh, cpa services and and we're getting close toward the end of the year here and we wanted to discuss year-end tax planning especially for real estate investors and i you know i am I'm a knucklehead when it comes to taxes. That was
0: would- really a great time to be doing tax planning. Um, I think for some of our listeners, probably uh, those who are, you know, uh, more of the procrastinators uh, might have just filed their tax returns for last year. Um, and although you might be thinking, well, thank goodness it's it's done. I have a whole year. Uh, you actually don't, right? Because the best time to, to do tax planning is actually before the end of the year. And the reason for that is this is kind of the time where you can take a look at what you've already done this year. How many deals did I do? What's my income? What's my cash flow? And then sit down with your tax advisor and go over what are some last minute strategies that can be implemented uh, so that I can save taxes for next April. Uh, Because believe it or not, tax savings does not happen in April when you're ready to follow your tax returns with your CPA. It happens way before that.
1: No, well, I appreciate that you're encouraging us to think ahead. And, you know, that that begs a question, what are some of those important things we need to be thinking about before the end of the year?
0: Yeah. Well, I think the first step, uh, you know, before meeting. So between now and the time you meet with your tax person is to take inventory of what you've done. Right, And so what I mean by that is uh, updating your, your financial statements. Uh, if you own a couple of rental properties, get an idea. Now, it doesn't have to be exact, but you want an idea. How did I do? What's my cash flow on my properties? Um, and looking back and figuring out, you know, if you haven't been tracking your expenses on a monthly or you know, bi-monthly basis, uh, making sure you update that so you have a good idea. You know, in the past, I've talked to clients who have said, you know what, uh, my property cash flow is so great. I'm going to have a huge tax problem. And when it's time for us to do tax returns, we find out the rentals have actually been losing money. Right. And so whether you make a lot of profit, a little bit of profit or no profit significantly can change the strategies that you implement before the end of the year. So the first step, as boring as it sounds, I know it's boring because nobody likes to do it. Um, It is really to look at the accounting side of things and make sure you update your numbers and figure out, you know, again, what is my true profit? How much money did I make this year already? And maybe over the next month or two, how much additional income? anticipate making? And then from there, when you meet with your tax person, you can go over all the various strategies that you might want to implement before the end of the year, right?
1: So that is one of the, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that that updating your financials, that's kind of, seems to be one of the classic things of somebody that's disorganized shows up to say their bookkeeper or somebody like that with a shoebox full of receipts and says, okay, you know, figure this out. And that doesn't strike me as being very prepared. And it's a little different from a a CPA role, of course, but you know what are your thoughts about cleaning up those books although i didn't want to cut off your you know point you were trying to make of course just getting excited. Yeah for
0: sure i mean having good books you know we talked about it's it's one of the foundations of having good tax savings right if we're talking about strategies first we need to know where are you how did you perform or how did your real estate perform rather um but out, outside of taxes there are a lot of other reasons why you want to have good financial statements um just like in the other client examples talking about where if you know they didn't have books and all year long they thought they were doing pre- pretty well uh but later to find out they're they actually were not doing as well right and so having timely financial statements can help you manage your investments too and figuring out okay why are my repair costs so high on property one versus property two or is money missing because property management hasn't really reimbursed me you know what's going on there and you don't want to wait you know five, six, seven months later to to see those problems, you want to be able to kind of get your pulse on that now. And then that also allows you to make uh, informed decisions as an investor, right? If I have a lot of equity in my rentals, I maybe want to know earlier on so I can plan a a cash out refi and deploy that into additional investment opportunities rather than waiting months down the road to then realize, gosh, I was sitting on some lazy assets and not really utilizing them.
1: Of course. Yeah. Great. And and so once they get, once, you know, you get your kind of books cleaned up and see where you stand before the end of the year, I guess what, uh, regarding like action steps, okay, we know where we are, maybe decisions that we should look at making before we get to, uh, the end of 2021 or the case may be, you know, next year in the future.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the uh, one of the questions I get from investors a lot is I think investors are really good about tracking expenses that are specific to the property. So if you're a landlord, most investors are good at tracking, you know, mortgage interest, property taxes, insurance and things like that. But what a lot of people forget to track are uh, what we consider overhead expenses. So expenses of you as the the property owner um, that are legitimate business expenses, but may or may not be directly related to the property. So examples might be if you took a trip to Florida to look for rental properties, right? Or you went there to manage your properties. That's something that might not be tracked through your property management report, uh, or maybe you forgot to track it. So so year-end is a great time to also do that kind of work. Going back through your records and trying to figure out what are some of those expenses that I paid for that maybe not property specific, but are still related to my real estate, which I can then deduct and offset my rental income. Uh, Some other common ones that we see missed are, uh, you know, car expenses, right? So as real estate investors, we all use our cars, even if you're someone who only invests out of state, right? Odds are you're still using your car for real estate, maybe going to local real estate meetups, Uh, or even just going to Costco and buying supplies for your real estate business, right? So tracking those expenses and making sure those numbers are firmed up. Um, Another common one is home office, right? Home office expenses, uh, making sure that you have those documentations so that you can write them off. Uh, Also, you know, another great one to consider. In terms of expenses for... Investors who maybe have kids or even have parents or other family members that they have enlisted to help out in their real estate, you know, year end is a really great time to look at income shifting. And by that, I just mean, you know, paying them, paying family members or friends or families who've helped out in your real estate business and then taking a tax deduction for that write off. So uh, that's one of the things that, um, you know, we've talked a lot previously, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, in our book and in podcasts and, and people like that idea, you know, that they like the concept of shifting income to kids or parents and taking a deduction. Um, but I think what often is missing is the action item to do so. And so what I often hear is someone will, i see someone April, and they'll say, Hey, I heard you talk about shifting income to my kids or my mom, and I would love to do that. How can I write that off? Well, that's an example of it's a little (laughs) bit too little, too late, right? And that's why year end is important. Year's not over yet. Uh, If your family have helped out in your business, now is the time to make sure you pay them. Now is the time to make sure you document it so that by next April, it's actually a legitimate write off.
1: Okay. You did make a point uh, to say, People who have helped out in your business, so we're not just writing a check to mom just to cut, you know, a tax bill or something like that. She helped in the business or, or kids or what have you. But what are important considerations to have there? I, I would assume, although I don't know this, you can't just pay them whatever. It probably has to be a market rate and a service rendered or something like that. So, what do we need to think about before just uh, you know hauling off and writing our kids a check for you know twenty grand or something?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So it is um, the, the easiest way that I would explain it is paying your kids or parents or any family member, you treat them the same way as if you were paying someone else. Okay. And so you mentioned some of the key things is reasonable. Okay. There is no age requirement into how young or old a person receiving the income might be but it does have to be reasonable and so if your parents are retired and they can help you with marketing uh then great right they can be your marketing consultant if you have a six month old baby and you say that's your marketing consultant Probably not going to fly if you were audited (laughs) by the IRS, right? (laughs) Unless you have a genius baby or something like that. But uh, those are the things that the IRS is looking for. Documentation-wise, again, just like if you're paying anyone else, you want to have a job description, right? Or a contractor's agreement that's going to indicate what is it that I'm paying you for? How frequent am I paying you? Is it based on performance or hourly? Uh, And then essentially following through on those specific tasks. So yes, um, that was a great question because I think sometimes people feel like there's a shortcut. You know, I just... Give my kids cash and I take a write off for it, but it's more than that, and it's re- you know, it's really having them pop out in the business so that, um, you know, th- that they're helping you grow, and then also you know, being able to legitimately earn that money for you to take a tax deduction,
1: yeah, and they get to learn the business too, so a lot of uh bonuses there. Now, uh, something I want to ask, um, is how active versus passive income. Impacts, you know, all of these decisions that we're discussing. You know, you mentioned about, say, a car or travel, things like that. Those expenses, if we have, you know, uh, rental income classified as passive, you know, our, our options may be limited. I don't know. Just wanted to make sure to bring that up and what we need to think about there.
0: Yeah, that's a great question, and that's um, it's actually a topic area where there's a lot of confusion uh, that I hear from people all the time. Count and so, confused, yeah. <laughs> So rental real estate generally in the tax world, it's considered passive income. And what does that mean? It just means that to the extent you have losses okay, and losses, meaning, you know, rental income minus expenses, you know, write-offs, depreciation, if we created a loss. Um, if you have a loss, there are different ways that that loss can be treated for tax purposes. And so a couple scenarios, you know, if you're someone who makes under $100,000, you have some rental losses after the write offs, um, then you can use up to 25,000 of those losses to offset W-2 and other income. Okay. now, on the other hand, if your income is over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, then you're not able to use those excess losses to offset W-2 and other income anymore. That's the bad news. Now, the good news is you don't lose out on the tax deductions. Um, You simply are able to uh, carry it forward into future years to offset taxes from future income. So, so that's really the only difference is, uh, you know, your, uh, the timing on when you can write off expenses against, or not expenses, losses against W-2 and other income. And, and uh, the reason I keep saying losses is because that's a keyword. word. A misconception I hear a lot from people is a lot of times people think, hey, you know what, I can't write off a car or a home office or stamps or any of that stuff Because I'm a passive investor. And that's actually incorrect. Regardless of whether you're an active investor or passive investor, real estate expenses can always offset rental income. Okay. And also, regardless of how much money you make too. And so, um, you know, for someone who might be a passive investor, sometimes they're told, Hey, you shouldn't even worry about home office or paying kids because you don't get a benefit for it. Now what they're talking about is you might not get a benefit for it today or this year, right? Because you have a high income job and you're you're you know you're not able to utilize it. But Just because you don't get it to use it this year doesn't mean there's no benefit. And so what I always do is I always encourage people when you have an expense that's real estate related, make sure you're tracking it, make sure you report it on the tax return, because even if you don't get a benefit for it this year, it carries forward in the future and it will benefit you in the future, whether it's offsetting taxes from future rental income or maybe in the future when you decide to actually sell your real estate property, it does help you to offset taxes.
1: Okay. So we do have a lot of listeners out there who are passive syndication investors and, and receive a K1. Now, this is a whole, I'm sure a whole big topic to get into, but that, that seems to, uh, imply to me, if I'm, if I'm reading you correctly, that there are options, uh, for passive investors to uh, write some of their legitimate expenses against, uh, K1 incomes.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, so so passive expense. Yeah. So so with if you have K1 profit, let's say I invested in one syndication and it generated really great cash flow uh, or it was sold for a capital gain. Right. And if I had other passive losses, let's say from my own rental properties or other syndications I've invested in, they can always be used to offset each other. You know, and it's so funny you bring up syndications because that is also another area that uh, sort of a frustration because I hear that all the time when, when people say, hey, you don't get any tax benefits when you're just a passive investor in the syndication. And, and, and when people say that, they're taking a very narrow view. They're just saying, hey, if you have losses, you can't offset W-2 uh, tax, taxes from W-2 income. So yes, that might be the case this year, but um, it doesn't mean there's no tax benefit because if you invest in the syndication and that syndication is generating really great cash flow, and you're getting good distributions, right? But at the same time, you might have you might not be paying any taxes because of depreciation and other write offs that is given to you at the syndication level. Uh, that certainly is a very very big tax benefit. Um, so you know we have clients who maybe they're working in the tech industry and between you know federal and state, if they're paying fifty percent in taxes, you know to the extent they get a five thousand dollar cash flow from a syndication investment where they're paying zero taxes, that certainly is a very significant taxing,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, another one uh, that I feel like we hear about a lot, especially for, say, W-2 employees or or folks that, say, are maybe investing in more Wall Street type of things is, oh, do a, you know, contribute to an IRA or something like that before the tax year is over, just so you can get in um, while you can. But for the context of real estate investors, what are your thoughts there should folks be looking into that, or, is, or do you not hear that question much from real estate investors? Because you can use those accounts for real estate investment; just doesn't doesn't have to be Wall Street stuff. But you know, is it worth delving into?
0: Yeah, for sure. I you know, for a lot of in, uh, individuals who are higher W two income earners um, doing real estate on the side, you know, one of the questions that we mentioned, you know, kind of touched on earlier, is is they're always wondering how can I reduce taxes from my W two income. Right. And so uh, so clearly, you know, 401ks, IRAs, even pension plans or defined benefit plans, those are great ways to, um, you know, allow someone to reduce taxes, whether from W-2 or maybe they just have like a consulting business uh, that they run on the side. Right. So depending on the type of account, um, an individual might be able to contribute up to, you know, $58,000 into retirement account and reduce taxes uh, from that source of income. You know, oftentimes we hear uh, questions from clients who will say, "You know, Amanda, I love it that I can fund a retirement account and take a tax deduction, but I really want that money for real estate, right? I would like, to, instead of funding, you know, fifty thousand to my retirement, I want to use that as a down payment and buy a rental property." And so there's kind of a, a decide, you know, kind of a deciding factor of which one is better. Um, and the good news, though, is I think something you were kind of going down the path on discussing is you can actually have both. Right. You can put money into a retirement account, uh, into a self-directed retirement account where you get a tax deduction for it today. But also within that retirement account, using a self-directed custodian that could be used to invest in what we consider alternative assets outside of the stock market. And so examples of those options are sort of endless. You know, you can use that to buy a rental property. You can use that to invest in a syndication of any kind. You can use that to uh, invest in notes and be a private lender. So there's all sorts of options that, you know, within the self-directed world, it allows you to take a write-off today and that use that in real estate.
1: Double benefit. I love that. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. slash ground floor or click the link in the show notes. Back to the show. All right, Amanda, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready?
0: I think so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great. First question, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education?
0: Oh my gosh. Um the I don't know if this is the best investment in you know in, in the practical sense, but I think the best investment I made is probably the first rental property mm-hmm. uh that I bought, not because of the numbers, not not because uh anything special about it, but I think it was the best investment because it was the scariest one I had to do. Sure. And um it was a it, although it was a small deal, it helped me to find about self-directed investing. Mm-hmm. And I had a job at the time. I uh, rolled over some of my money from work into a self-directed account and I invested in a syndication. The group was a very nice group of guys, uh, but it was their very first deal. Mm. And uh, it was sort of a complicated deal where the, the financing wasn't really well thought out. Uh, so that was a very painful one uh, that not only did I lose my investment, but it was an investment in my retirement account, which I deeply value. Oh.
1: <laughs> Yeah, don't go first. Definitely invest with teams that, that have done it before. That's a, a tough lesson to learn. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing?
0: Uh, gosh. You know, um, I think for me, the most important lesson is to continue to learn. Um, you know, I feel like regardless of how many years I've been in real estate or how many years I've been in taxes. Uh, I'm always learning something new, you know, and uh, it's something that really, I, I really enjoy doing. And, you know, regardless of who I talk to, talking to clients, I learn a lot, uh, you know, talking to all kinds of people. So I think that's one thing, you know, it's for the business or for me personally, my business or my investment to excel. Um, I'm always looking for ways to learn from other people who are, you know, uh, better or doing different things than what I've been doing.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and telling us about year end tax considerations that we as real estate investors should be thinking about, especially before we get you know into next year and into April calling our CPAs asking, hey, what can I do about last year? Well, it's too late. So too bad. If folks want to reach out, if they want to find you on the Internet, if they want to learn more, they want to find your book or anything like that, where can they track you down?
0: Uh, so the book that uh, I wrote is called Tax Strategies for the Savvy Real Estate Investor. Uh, you can find that on Amazon. Um, and uh, yeah, I think our website is the best place to find additional information for us. It's www. KeystoneCPA.com. And we also have a free uh, downloadable ebook on five cash flow strategies for real estate investors. So if you want to know more about income shifting strategies or the best legal entity for real estate, um, be sure to download that ebook.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate that so much because that helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys, that gives me a warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. I want to thank you for tuning in. Once again, if you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.